I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We listen to our Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, SoundCloud, Spreaker, or on iHeartRadio. We thank Agent Henry. Glory Hole, thank you for tuning in this week. I'm your host, Bo Sebas, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right. All right. Ooh, Bo Sebas, here we go. I am fired up and super Super excited for this week's games and this podcast. We, sir, are on a fucking heater. We are in the zone and not even a fucking Muslim terrorist could fuck up this money-making fun. If you are new to this podcast, and look, buddy, we get new listeners and new clients all the time. You're in for a treat. We do things a little different around here. We are not your typical uh football handicapping podcast um on top of all the funny and all the money that we deliver we have sounders teasers danger zones and big dick picks and that may sound like a fun friday night for your mother <laughs> but but i promise you it's an even better football podcasting experience for you now whether you are here for the funny <laughs> oh, we're 10 hours from the fucking fun park and you want to bail out. It's called having a sense of humor and laughing. You should fucking try it once in a while. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness. Look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. You have come to the right place. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Sandler. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly monthly and yearly packages to fit your needs go to our website thefootballgloryhole.com and hit us up for those free picks premium picks and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way the winning way the football glory hole way and as always here on the sports patio we got the tvs glowing we got the bear heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting, cold beer hip choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking a Shiner Oktoberfest. Mm-hmm. 3.75 out of 5 stars. It is Oktoberfest. Texas style, baby. Yeah. And Texas, as you know, Longhorn was founded by the Germans in mm. 1778. Yeah. And ever since then has been steep in German traditions, the most prevalent of which are, of course, drinking beer, 
eating lots of meat and beautiful women with big ass titties, baby. <laughs> and don't forget those weird mustaches that people still like. I don't know. It's kind of a little short on the on the sides. And <laughs> stay, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe get rid of that one. Well, other than that one, the three I mentioned, I can say I'm a proud torchbearer <laughs> for all three traditions. All right. And although no offspring has, you know, sprung from my loins, I mean, there was that one custody case in Costa Rica, but I settled that shit out of court years yeah. ago. Yeah. I, I hope that future count overseas. <laughs> I hope that future, future generations of Texans will look to me as their guiding light and inspiration to keep on these proud German Texas traditions. God bless Texas. Yeah. That baby did come out with a little smudged mustache right on right <laughs> under his nose. So I don't know. You're suspect, buddy. You're suspect. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, we do the podcast. We are going to go over every NFL game in the air tonight. And, of course, of course, we're going to continue to get you paid on these free picks 2-0 again last week. Oh, my God. Mm. But right now, we got to get paid. And to do that, here is this week's sponsor. This week's podcast is sponsored by Accept That Health Insurance. Are you tired of shitty health insurance that doesn't cover anything? Well, if you're ready for a change, you need to give our friends at Accept That Health Insurance a call. Accept That Health Insurance is an all-inclusive health insurance that covers every possible medical condition imaginable with zero deductible and zero copay. And I know what you're thinking. This is way too good to be true, right? Well, kind of. Except that health insurance covers everything except all major minor surgeries. I mean, even fucking stitches. They don't cover that shit either. All female doctor shit, boobs, vag, the whole fucking nine. Any male doctor shit. Even that prick that makes a living putting his finger up your ass after you turn 40. The flu, asthma, COPD, bronchitis, emphysema, cystic fibrosis, whatever the fuck that is. The only thing they actually do cover is the common cold. Psych! They don't cover that shit either. Except that health insurance is actually just as shitty as your current insurance company, but hey... They pay us to read this bullshit, so fucking pay me! Except that health insurance. We cover everything. Except for that, you schmucks! Holy shit, Longhorn. That insurance ad. You know, I hate that we even run it, because it is just the biggest piece of shit as all insurance is, I guess. Uh, but they do pay us, so we do run the fucking ad. But, man, insurance is such a fucking whipping and such a... Like, whoever... Whatever asshole ever fucking invented that shit first of all they're a genius secondly uh go fuck yourself and third if you ever play that shit since it's a gambling podcast if you ever play insurance sitting at a blackjack table you're an idiot and a giant pussy so just know that yeah and i mean has there been a bigger inflation on anything other than insurance oh my fucking god i mean they have skyrocketed it it's you know, maybe you could say it costs. Even the, I've noticed the hookers have gone up in price, but I mean, I, I don't know. Someone told me that. I mean, someone told me. I, it's, I didn't. I don't know personally, but yeah. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. <laughs> Okay, it's happening. Stay calm. What do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby. 
boys and girls, those bells, those bells, baby. You know yeah. what fucking time it is. It is time to go over all these games in the NFL in the air tonight. Uh, I do have updated. I went through and updated Longhorn the before the buy and after the buy uh, trends. Look, I try to keep up with these the best I can by hand. Uh, but I went ahead and updated it. You do a lot of things by hand. We're used to it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it has not really changed directionally what things have done, but a couple of different things we do have that have a little bit of more nuance to them. So uh, basically, before the buy, there's only one un- unprofitable position uh, since 2012. After the buy, there's only one uh, no, two profitable positions. Well, one profitable, one break even, basically. So, and we'll go through those teams as we go through the teams. I do have them all written down, so I will present them as such. We're going to start, though, with those Tennessee Titans hosting those Baltimore Ravens. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> They're over in London. And Tennessee is before the bye. Now, I did not have before uh, today. The neutral before the buy numbers. So I went back and looked them up. And I pulled the neutral dog as they are. Because before the buy, like I said, it's almost all profitable. I was like, well, yeah, but that doesn't apply if you're neutral. So neutral dogs before the buy, 8 and 16 ATS since 2012. So a terrible, terrible spot uh, here for Tennessee. Longhorn, what do you got on this game? That, that's that's great news to me because uh, and first of all can I mean well good day mates let's, let's start with that good day good day mates <laughs> over there across the pond um, it, you know this is an international game and everything if it wasn't international everything literally everything points to Tennessee for me in this game I'm not doing it you know we know that we know the trends on Vrabel uh, dog over three points twenty five and twelve ATS we know that. Lamar is not good as a favorite. We, we we know all these things, but like you just said, it's overseas, and I didn't have that. I didn't have that trend to back it up. But I'm on Baltimore here just because I'm throwing out everything uh, uh, as far as that's concerned. Baltimore just lost a game that they kind of dominated for most of the game. Had some horrible drops. Game really should have oh, been statistically an, they completely dominated that game it should have been an easy win for baltimore they're coming in pissed off, or coming overseas pissed off uh, yeah let me see what the it, all the tickets and all this is what this is what like sealed the deal for me is all the tickets and all the cash are coming in on tennessee this is you know this is going to be one of those i hope i hope in the contest everybody's on tennessee that that number is is big it's enticing everybody knows that Tennessee's an autoplay over three as a dog. I'm going to be on the other side. Baltimore is going to win this game by seven plus. Um, I'm not. I'm not 100 sure it's going to be a contest play for me, but it's certainly under consideration. I just I love Baltimore here. Yep, under consideration for me as well. Uh, they fall into no buckets. The numbers. It is a no call by our power rankings. I just gave you the neutral field eight and sixteen since 2012, but. On top of that, Longhorn, that is with a negative seven ATS margin, mm. five and eighteen and one straight up losing by twelve points per game. That's an average line of four point eight. This line is sitting at four. We'll see where it falls. Uh, I think that's probably well. You said the cash and tickets coming in on 
Tennessee. So I said it might be where it ends up, but probably not. But either way, that just makes it all the better. Um, here's what sealed the deal for me on this game. Because like you said, the Vrabel thing and the, and, um, the underdog so kind of scared me a little bit. But the travel plans. So Baltimore flew in early this week for this game. Tennessee, as we're recording this podcast right now on Wednesday night, have not left the United States yet. They are taking the red-eye flight tomorrow night. And as someone who has just very recently made that trip, they will be absolutely fucking useless on Friday, which means they get one day to prepare and acclimate for this game. So I think the number Buffalo, of, Buffalo did the same thing. They came in late. Exactly. I mean, it's just exactly. Yeah, I, I just I just hope it just keeps going this way, and everybody keeps leaning to Tennessee so that we can steal one on the other side. Yeah, and I do think this number is accurate, all things considered. You know, other than what we just said, like I said, our power rings is no call. So of course, I think the number is accurate. But here, here's the thing: if Tennessee comes out sleepy, like you just mentioned, Buffalo did. They're going to get their fucking lights turned out because they're not playing Jacksonville. They're playing a team that when they get up on you and you don't have the defense to stop them, which Tennessee doesn't, they're going to fucking, they're going to turn your fucking lights out. And Baltimore bullies, as we all know, and once they get on top of you and you don't have an answer, it's going to keep piling up and piling up and piling up. And Tennessee's offense, not quite as bad as Pittsburgh's. It's Pittsburgh's is, oh my God, it's like historically bad at this point. But, you know, it is, it's still not good. So they, they're going to come out sleepy, I think. I think you're dead on with Baltimore winning this game outright by seven or more. I, I don't have any other way to play this. I'm going to be crawling out of bed sleepy and hungover as fuck. I'm sick of these fucking early Sunday games for someone that really only gets to drink heavily on one night. And it's Saturday night. And I got to fucking crawl out of bed early to watch these 830 uh, my time games. It's not very fun for me. I don't. I'm done. I don't, done I don't with really, overseas. I don't really crawl out of the bed. I just kind of roll over and mm-hmm. look glance at my at phone. And if I it's glance like, at it, yeah, if it's like nine thirty and it's going the way I want it to, I just go back to sleep. Mm. I don't even turn. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I'm going back to bed now. <laughs> uh, and then you know, maybe around ten, I might roll out and see what's going on. But yeah. Yeah, well, that's we don't need your whole like Sunday morning routine. Let's just move on. Let's, let's move on now. <laughs> all right, moving on to those hot Atlanta Falcons, two and a half point home favorites versus those Washington Redskins. Oh, it's gonna get ugly this weekend, but this is number one of hit that sounder. I love love taking a dog coming off a primetime embarrassment, and that is what. Washington is doing, um, especially when the other team has a quarterback coming off his career game. And yes, I know that Ritter does not lose at home. I'm well aware of that. And yes, I know that trying to find the exact spot of when that's going to happen um, isn't isn't ideal. I get all that. That's why I'm not taking uh, Washington plus a two and a half. I, and, and the quarterback they have is either fucking balls out or he's going to get blown out. So this is really a game where if you like Washington, just take them on the money line. If you don't like Washington, just take Atlanta to win and cover. It's really that simple. Uh, And and like I said on Monday's podcast, I will not be putting 
Washington in any teaser ups to eight and a half, even though it fits that Stanford Wong tease up perfect spot. I'm not doing it. So, but I am taking the bounce back for Washington. I just think the quarterback has more of a chance to go bonkers and and you know carry his team to you know a win by scoring 30. And I and Atlanta just does not have that 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 they're not going to score 30. And and Washington can. I think the defenses are pretty close by the eyeball test. You're, you you'll tell me more uh, uh, what the what the you know inside numbers say. But yeah, I just I'm, I'm taking Washington to win this game. I think let's see, Atlanta is what three and two, and Washington is are they all uh, two and three? Two and three. Yeah, so these are basically even teams. I think they're coming out of this game dead even on record, both three and three. All right, so Longhorn does not like uh, Indian wings, is what I heard on that. So I don't I don't like wings of any kind except for my kind own. of racist. I like my own dang dang, and I don't like anybody else's wang wangs. That's 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 how I roll. All right. Well, I want to start off by saying that I agree 100 with your handicap on how to play this game. It's right. either Washington on the money line or you take Atlanta. Uh, here's why I like Atlanta, though. Uh, it's a number split, so there's no con- uh, no consensus there. On the buckets, Atlanta, 66% bucket, 65% bucket, 58% bucket. Washington falls into no bucket. That equals out to a 60-40 Atlanta uh, EV advantage there. Now, if you look at at the game, both of these teams stink. That's just the truth of the matter. 25th and 26th in DVOA. So on on the surface, this line makes sense. But all you have to do is look back at last week, and it doesn't really make sense anymore. Okay, this is the same line as Atlanta and Houston at close. And Houston is a much better football team than Washington. They're 16th in DVOA, slightly above average on offense, slightly below on defense. Washington is 20th and 26th. Houston, 14th in EPA on offense. Washington, 22nd. Houston, 15th in EPA on defense. Washington, 29th. So the only way that this line could possibly make any sense is if you project Houston and Washington to finish at the same rating at the end of the season. Well, the Skins are currently projected to win five and a half games. So either three, but basically three or three and a half more. Houston's projected to win eight and a half games. So if you prorate that to the 12 games we have left, that's around a four point difference in these two teams. Now that seems way too high to me on that projection. Our power rankings have these two teams two points different. I think that's more of a fair blend with strength of schedule included. So if two points is fair, this line should be four. So we have instant value here on Atlanta. Atlanta obviously plays better at home on the road. The Skins don't play good anywhere except Philly for no reason at all. I know. So it's Atlanta or pass here for me. You, you know what? Uh, this is why we – this is – for new listeners, you know, we – you know, we're we're – FGH together, we're we're one team, but we do we come at this two different ways, and this is the beauty of what, of what we do and how we do it. Um, the sounder's already been hit, so I'm not taking the sounder off. But for people out there, no, that I, listen, I, I don't disagree with that play at all. Yeah, like it, it's fine to put in like a money line round robin or whatever. Oh, but like for the I for promise the people, you they'll be in my money line round robin. For the people that play um, like uh, pick them, like like I was you know leaning towards maybe using Washington as one of those uh, that you just changed my mind. I will not be taking Washington in any kind of pick 'em thing. So um, uh, a lot of good information there. And again, boys and girls, 
there's always multiple different ways to get at it, but I 100% agree with Longhorn. If you're going to play the skins, you do not take the plus two and a half. That is a stupid, stupid, right. stupid bet. You bet them money line or you don't bet them at all. Yeah, you don't tease them either. No teasing the Indian wings. All right, moving on. Those Chicago Bears. Two and a half point home dogs to those Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, and I feel a little better about this one. So hit that sounder. This is back-to-back sounders. Um, and For new listeners, when I hit a sounder, that is the underdog winning straight up. This is a weather game possibility. Uh, you know, it's we got later. some weather. Yeah, it's getting later in the season. It's time to start checking those weather reports for games. Could be some high winds and, um, you know, a little tougher conditions. I think there's... I think there's rain on Saturday as of now, but you know we'll see how long that sticks around. If there's rain and, and it's really the wind that matters, uh, and, and they are calling for some plus ten mile per hour winds. Points are going to be a premium in this one. I do love the under. I've already bet the under. It has been going down, so I'm not sure how long the value is going to last. But when passing is a struggle, and you have and you're a passing team like Minnesota, I love the other side. I like the fact that they're they're you know starting to get a little bit more going on offense, and if all else fails, and it is a game that's very difficult to pass the ball, well, give me the team that has a quarterback that you can utilize in the in the running game. Kirk Cousins. It's definitely not Kurt slash Kirk Cousins. He <laughs> will not be running. So yeah, this is just a ugly weather game. <laughs> X factor with the with the running quarterback. Give me the black running quarterback over the white non running quarterback. Uh, I don't know why that. I don't know why I had to. Mm. Yeah, I don't know how I had to bring mm. it. I don't know. It's, a lot of racism in these. It seems to fall. It, it seems to fall in line. So let's not get crazy. Like, it's, it's, t- t- take the black quarterback. Go Chicago. Oh my God! All right. <laughs> uh, Chicago does fall into one bucket, fifty-nine percent. Now this bucket is uh, explainable to you guys. So uh, it's a preseason. If you were so the summer lines that come out. If you're a favorite in those lines, and the line flips, and now you're the dog. Well, you hit it 59% of the time. So, you know, a lot of public narrative comes into play. It could be injuries. It could be whatever. It doesn't matter. It literally does not matter what the reason is. 59%, if you were the favorite in the summertime, it flips to, to you're the dog at any point in the season. 59% cover. So, For, big, to the To the one that it switched to? No, no, no. To the one that was the favorite. So, Chicago. Uh, so, that'd be on Minnesota. No, no, no. Chicago. Chicago was the favorite in this game in the summer line. Oh, they were? They were. Oh, good Lord. I never would have guessed that. Yeah. Well, dude, they're fucking over-under. What do we get them at? Eight? Eight? Eight and a oh, half? Oh, yeah. I forgot. They, I'm, I'm thinking of the way I thought and we thought yeah. they were in the summer. Yeah, not no. The way they were like fucking did. equal over-under teams. That's right. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> so, home field. Yeah, they were like a point and a half favorite. So, yeah. Now they're dogs. So, yeah. 59% anytime that that happens. So, that's for Chicago. Now, Minnesota. Now, one and four in one score games. The luck regression monster continues to <laughs> fucking rage in Minnesota. As we've been telling you, I don't know, it seems like for fucking six months now this is going to happen. Yeah. And this game has a good trend on it. So, week six or, six or later, road division games. If you have a one win, or if you have one win and you are the favorite, one and four ATS with a negative. 4.1 ATS margin, and that has with an average line of three, which is right about where this game is. 
So huge trend there to Chicago. Uh, there's the only thing that keeps me from like pounding Chicago, and it's the only thing that ever. It, there, there's basically one rule. Like me and Kirk Cousins have been at odds. Well, we were at odds for some years, but once we figured out, we figured out the primetime Cousins thing early. But once we figured out the noontime Cousins thing, it. I mean, it, it's become very simple for me from Minnesota. If you have a reason to play on Minnesota at noon, you just fucking do it. They're an autoplay. If you have a reason to play against them, not at noon, you just do it. It's an autoplay. If you have a reason to play against them at noon, you're taking your chances. That's all I'll say about that. I do. I I'm with you. I like Chicago a lot. They're not going to make my contest because I'm not going to go against noontime cousins. I I know the rules. I know the fucking rules. It's either Mm -hmm. Minnesota or pass at noon, and it's either Mm -hmm. the opposition or pass at any other fucking time. That's just them, them's rules. Them is rules when it comes to playing the Minnesota Vikings with Kirk Cousins. But everything points to your side. I totally agree with you. So the only thing keeping against me is, again, and that's the beautiful thing about football is there are these cosmic fucking things that we can't explain, but they are real. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, take the dog. Minnesota, the noontime thing. Washington, in Philly. I don't know why. I have. Not, I cannot numerically explain it, and it drives me insane. But it just, it's just. I've learned to accept. I have learned, as my fault as an analytical person, to just let it go, and just fucking accept that the football gods will have what they have, and there are certain things that they have. So you just what's let their them What's their ATS record this year in Minnesota? Do you have that? Uh, they only got one win, and that. What was, was their one win? It was Carolina, which definitely was at noon. Yeah, that's that's they're one and four. They're one and four ATS. Uh, did they cover the Philly game or no? I think that I, I think in line that wasn't that a push. I can't remember. Oh, they might have right. covered that. That was that was prime time though. That was a that was a Thursday night. Uh, was it Thursday or Sunday? I can't remember. I'll I'll look it, it up in a second. One though. or the other. But like I'm just I'm not seeing how they're gonna how they're doing very well on on noon games this year if they're not winning anything yeah no i it, it hasn't mattered the, the luck regret the luck regression monster is they, they've got them by the balls like it you you even said earlier like they can't go oh and 11 this year can they? i was like yeah they absolutely fucking can because they went 11 and oh now they're one and four so they're not gonna go oh and 11 but they could go one and ten or whatever like basically at this point, if you want to bet on Minnesota, you by God better believe that they're going to win more, by more than one score. That's the only way you can bet on them. Yeah. That's it. They, it cannot be a close game. I think this is going to be a close game. So, yeah, I'm, it's Chicago or pass for me for sure. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, those Cincinnati Bengals. Um, man, this line's kind of all over the place. Well, it's two and a, where, it, where it is two and a half, it's 115. Where it's three, it's 105. We'll call it 2.75 home favorites over the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, this is this is a an interesting game for me. I'm not landing on either side necessarily as of yet. Um, I've what's scaring me is the tickets are all coming in on Cincinnati, um, but 70% of the cash is coming in on Seattle. So that's kind of scaring me off of what I wanted to do in this game, and and my handicap on this game was going to be. 
you know, remember, remember in the preseason, some of the preseason pods, how I was talking about how I was down, I was going to be down on San Francisco this year. And the main reason was because I just didn't believe in Purdy coming off a major shoulder or elbow surgery, whatever that, that he was going to be the dude. And what happened was immediately when I saw that week one game against Pittsburgh, I came out back on the podcast. And I said, look, I was way wrong. He's the dude. He's got it. Whatever it is, he's got it. And I, I just immediately, after one game, changed my mind. Well, this this situation was Cincinnati. Especially against that defense. Right. And that's, and that's the thing. And, and he was under pressure, but he was sliding and moving and doing all the same shit he's still doing right now. So he is the dude in that offense. Same thing with this Cincinnati situation is the whole – I was down on Cincinnati, you know, preseason. Have an under ticket on them with season wins. Um and, and the calf injury, that was a narrative that we were just going to fade, fade, fade. And it's worked out the whole time. It didn't work out last week for me. He, Burrow finally you know, showed that he's the quarterback that he's been his entire career. So it kind of feels like that same situation where as soon as you show me that you are what you, what you were before, I'm going to have a hard time betting against you. And I'm inclined to just immediately put you back all the way back to what I thought you were before. Um, so I, I want to be on Cincy here because it just feels like, you know, it, it, they're right back to what we thought they were going to be pre-calf injury uh, and, and and that stuff. So, you know, the fact that the tickets are all coming in or the cash is all coming on Seattle is scaring me a little bit. I'm not going to fire on this game just yet. Um, I, I, I got no lean. I, you know, I hate, I hate doing that on the podcast. Um, you know, you know, I'm going to stick with my handicap. I'm, I'm going to let my handicap be the deciding factor. I'm going to lean to Cincinnati at three and, and just assume that Burrow is going to be what he's going to be. But I will say that cash is scaring me. Bo Sivas. Let me phone in a friend. I need some help here. You know, do you have any, any help on to, to push me one way or the other on this game? All right. Well, first of all, Minnesota won three and one ATS. So they did push on the Philly game. So not very much success there. uh, Overall. Okay. This game, so you've got buy situations both ways. So since he is before the buy, they are home favorite since 2012, 81, 55, and two, boom spot right there. Okay. After the buy, uh, away dog for Seattle. It's the best spot you can be as an away dog. Oh fuck. 57, 49, and one. Not nearly as strong as the uh, before buy trend, but it's still. Anytime you get one winning set of data in a particular situation, to me it kind of makes it a little bit stronger than the rest. But that being said, uh, the numbers are split here, which I was I was surprised this wasn't just a smash uh, agreement for Seattle. Mm-hmm. And here's why: all the metrics, obviously, if you look through the teams, they're going to point you to Seattle. But for a couple of reasons, I find them fraudulent. Because obviously, like you said, Joey B not being Joey B through the first, you know, three, four games, whatever it was. And Cincy sneakily has had the 11th hardest schedule so far. Seattle's had the 30th easiest schedule so far. Okay. So when you look at that, you do are, you do start to understand the number as far as, you know, cause if you just look at the metrics, you're like, how the fuck is Cincy even favored in this game? Like they're, they suck. But you do you stu- you start to understand once you look at all the factors combined. Uh, for me, I think this is the cheapest 
You're 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 really still buying low. I thought you were buying low on Cincy last week and Arizona only laying three. I think you're still buying low here, but since they only laying two and a half at home versus Seattle team again, 30th easiest schedule so far. You know, Geno on the road, historically not great. Yeah, yeah. It, it's since your pass for me here. I don't, there's no buckets on this game at all. And this is, this is the uh, West Coast to East Coast early start situation. So it, it's the most West Coast you could possibly be up in that made up town in Seattle. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I, I think my intuition was right. Let me just stick with Cincy on that lean. Yeah, definitely Cincy or pass for me on that. All right. All right, Longhorn, we're moving on. We're going to those Cleveland Browns. They are hosting, whoo, those fucking ass-whipping San Francisco 49ers. They are seven-point home dogs. Yeah, this is, man, you know, I don't know what you do with this game because we don't know what's going on with the quarterback situation with Watson. So this, uh, maybe you can tell me what this line opened at. I think it was around what three, three and a half, and it's shot up to seven. Obviously, that's a Watson move. He's apparently going to bitch out again. Who really knows? So I mean, I don't know how do you, how do you even handicap this this game, not knowing who's going to play quarterback. Um, you know, if you if if you want to take a nibble at seven. I mean, I guess, and then you, you cross your fingers and you hope that that um, that Watson plays because then you got great value. But I was ready to be all over Cleveland in this game at three and a half at home. San Fran coming off a huge primetime blowout win. Like this was going to be a smash fucking spot for Cleveland in a game that they, you know, could, you know, really announce their presence with authority. Um, and You want to do what? Yeah, I know. It's from a movie, but I knew what I was saying. I was like, oh, that's a movie line, but and I can't remember what movie we'll it was. Announce my presence with authority. Want to announce? You want to announce your fucking presence with authority? Yeah, that's funny. Um, <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah, Watson's apparently a, a fucking giant bitch. He bitched out last week, got medically cleared, and said, "No, nah, I'm good." And then now he's almost, almost like you he have needs to sit another Robin talk, dude. He's not yeah. not quite ready. He need, he needs the rub no tug. That's what got him in trouble. <laughs> but yeah, it's just I don't know. I don't know what you do with this game. But play the under. It's not, it's going to be another weather game possibly up there. Uh, you know, in the north and and towards the towards the the well, that's up there, actually up on the the lake. The mistake by the lake. We've been up there. Uh, you know, when it gets oh, when yeah. it gets windy and chilly, it is not fun. So I take the under and then see if the fucking bitch ass quarterback plays. I don't know what to tell you. All right, so it did open at three. I took San Fran last week, uh, I think on Thursday at minus three. We talked about that on Monday. Um, oh, wow. So I've got a good ticket in my pocket on that. Now, after the bot, which is where Cleveland's at, home dogs, um, terrible spot, 18, 25, and one. Mm. But I know it's very scary to step in front of this San Francisco train. And normally I would never do this, but San Francisco in the buckets this week, and they don't they haven't landed in many buckets all year long, to be honest. This week, they landed in a 28% bucket, 33%, 20%, 37%, 36%. So literally it's a 66 to 34 EV for Cleveland. Now, the only chance a team has to even stay in the game versus San Francisco is a truly great defense. And through four games, Cleveland has the best EPA defense in the history of the NFL. 
They're also number one in DVOA. Now, their schedule has not been exactly murderer's row, so this will be their best test. And San Fran has the number two EPA on offense. And on the flip side, Cleveland's offense sucks out loud. So I don't really give a fuck who the quarterback is because they've sucked when he was there. 30th in EPA, 26th in DVOA. And we all know San Francisco's awesome on fucking defense. So there's very little statistical defense to land you on Cleveland's side. Which is honestly kind of why I like it so much. Because this is the NFL and shit happens. And one thing you can point to on Cleveland's side though. Cleveland's worst loss was to Baltimore. And they're top six in EPA per rush on offense. And San Francisco, for all their greatness... On And running the ball is not that high. Actually, they fall closer to average category EPA per rush. Because if you think about what San Francisco does, they just run it a lot. They don't necessarily run it very efficiently. They're just going to do it a lot. And Cleveland has had success versus Tennessee and Cincy, who also are not good EPA rushing the ball. And Tennessee falls in that category too. They run it a lot, but they don't run it very well. So I think this is the spot. And for contest purposes, I don't think anybody else is going to join me in backing Cleveland. So I do like that. And along with the fact that they have the 31st, that San Francisco has the 31st ranked strength of schedule so far. So they haven't played anybody either. So so you're, just so I understand, you're saying that if even if DTR is playing on Sunday. He's not. So it's going to be, fuck, I knew who the quarterback was until you said that. Oh, it's going to be a Walker Texas Ranger. Oh, okay. So, so okay. So, are you saying for like a contest play? Yeah, for a contest play. Well, just know that I'm sure the contest line came out with Cleveland plus seven, and you're going to be they're going to be sitting at about Cleveland plus eight and a half probably on yeah, Sunday. Yeah, no, I, I know, and that'll okay. make it even more unpopular, which is why I, I like know. it even more. <laughs> I don't hate it. Um. But here are a couple of trends that also support the spot for Cleveland. So since 2012, undefeated road favorites week six or later. Just period. 7-22 ATS with a negative 3.83 ATS margin with an average line of 5.5, which obviously this line is going up, so this makes it even better uh, for that purpose. And the bigger it gets, the better for that trend, like I said. Also, undefeated teams, week six or later, playing on the road after three straight home. San Francisco has been home for three straight games. They've played, you know, everybody thought, and Dallas is a good team, but Dallas is the only good team they've played. And now, so if you go week six or later on the road after three straight games at home and you're playing a team off the bye, well, Longhorn since 1989, there's only been one game this has ever happened in. And it was the 2004 Patriots who went into Pittsburgh as a three-point favorite. And they lost by 14 straight up. So for all the people playing San Francisco and Survivor this week, I hope history repeats itself and you get knocked the fuck out. (laughs) All right. All right. Moving on. Oh, we got those Houston. I said Houston with an H. Texans. Home dogs. One and a half points to those New Orleans Saints. Yeah, this is a uh, ugh, it's an ugly game. This, this, I don't, I don't like this game at all. Um, it's kind of very much reminds me of last week's game between New Orleans and New England. I hated that game too. 
Um, not a big fan of the coach for New Orleans at all, and and I'm definitely worried about the Saints' office offense. Uh, on the flip side, I love the coaching staff for Houston and the quarterback. He just even last week, this dude just doesn't make mistakes. Last week, they're down. He's got the ball uh, deep in his own territory, and he just drives all the way down. Hadn't scored a touchdown all day. All day, been kind of balled up and forced to kick field goals. They need a touchdown. Field goal doesn't do him any good. Ah, I'll just go down and I'll go ahead and get the touchdown that I haven't gotten all day in, in the most crucial time on the road. That like that that dude is just uh, who's. It was very Ohio State, Penn State like. Yeah. So so you know, but with that said, at at a certain point, man, at a certain point, there's got to be a mistake coming. New Orleans does have a really good defense. I'm. Um, you know, I hate trying to find that time and, and exact time when something's going to switch because that's just that's just usually setting yourself up for failure. But I think it's going to happen here, even though I have no proof that it will. This, this is one of those games where just watch the lines. If it moves, you should be able to get uh, on the good side of both these games, specifically with a teaser. Um, and maybe you can middle either on the line or the teaser. But I don't have a great feel for this one in a in a – pick them scenario i'm gonna lean to new orleans and the only reason i i say that and what swayed me on that was i'm clicking on it is uh is houston's getting 65 percent of the tickets but new orleans is getting 57 percent of the cash so that was kind of the, it, i like being you know on the cash side of one of those opposite end tickets to cash scenarios so give me new orleans on the lane all right well houston is before the buy home dog which is 40, 27, and 1. So, basically, if you're before the bye, it's just kind of a smash spot to play you, except for one situation. Uh, there are also a numbers agreement this week on Houston. Uh, but the Buckets, however, New Orleans leads that 63, 63, 50. Houston falls in none, so it's 56.5% to 43.5%. So, it's basically kind of the same split you said had on the cash as far as like 57% of the money coming in. Uh, I really was just curious to hear your breakdown on this. I thought that you would be kind of strong one way or the other, but no. what I wrote down is this is a pass game for me. I don't even have a lean, honestly, because um, all things considered, even if you put the agreement into the buckets list, you're, I mean, you're still looking at about 53-47, so that, that's not good enough for me to lay my money down on either way, so... I don't even like the lane anymore because, like, I forgot about that before the buy thing. So, like, you know, the, the you got the buy thing in your factor, and I love the coaching staff for Houston. So I, I don't even like my lane. I, I, I don't know. If I can at, so, at some point though, we kind of. I mean, and you have to make up your minds before the stuff starts to break because once it breaks, and it is what it is. But like at some point, we do have to make up our mind. Like, okay, who is going to be a good team and who is not? Like. Is New Orleans? I mean, New Orleans is the odds-on favorite to win that division. Houston's obviously not the odds-on favorite to win their division. Like, where? Cause, well, cause, who's cause, who's better? Who's better? Because New Orleans is only plus twenty on point differential, and Houston's plus uh, fifteen. So it's yeah. Very I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, this, this is the game that's going to decide the the fates of these two teams. So, are we going to say that we were completely wrong in Houston and completely wrong in New Orleans? Or would we ride on both and New Orleans win this game? I, and and I don't know what to say right now. So that's what I'm saying. Like 
making a bet on this game is making your stand on your preseason predict, which everybody and their mom would have said, no matter what you thought of either two teams, nobody on earth would have said Houston's a better team than New Orleans in 2023. Nobody on earth. So was everybody on earth wrong or was everybody on earth right? And this New Orleans is going to win an ugly game. I don't know. Like I said, I'll be rooting for New Orleans for sure, but I, I, I can't bet this either way. There's, there's no, there's no advantage here to me either way. There's, there's things going both ways and, just tease up Houston to seven and a half. And that, and that's actually what I was going to say. Like I was, I was waiting on you to give us the teaser. Actually, yeah, that's, that's I it. didn't write it down, but as as you were talking, it's like okay, he's going to give us a teaser. Yep. All right. All right, moving on. Oh my, Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> four points home favorites over those Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, this is another game where who's better. Are we sure Jacksonville's better? I'm not so sure anymore. Jacksonville coming off back-to-back weeks overseas. Uh, coming home to a kind of a big number. Division rival. Minshew is a capable quarterback with a really good offensive coordinator. He's going to be able to find those gaps in the in the Jacksonville defense, the, specifically the secondary. Um, take, take the points. Um, and and this is one of those ones where I was kind of like debating, do I want to do it, do I not want to do it, but this is just a sounder kind of week, so hit that sounder. I, I think Indy goes down there and wins this game. Jacksonville's going to come back sluggish, kind of sleepwalking the first the first half, and if they get down and behind against Indy and that running game, I think it could be a little troublesome for them to catch back up. So I like Andy to take the lead in this game and kind of control the clock with those running backs and steal one on the road against Jacksonville. And the point differential for these two teams, you've got Indy sitting at uh, plus five on point differential and Jacksonville plus three. They're both three and two. Uh, you know, Jack, the fact that Jacksonville is coming back from two two weeks overseas is the deciding factor for me. I think Indy steals one on the road here. All right. Well, the numbers agree with you, Indy. However, uh, the Buckets and I do not. So, <laughs> Jacksonville. Oh, there are two most coveted Buckets. 85% ATS, 87.5% ATS, 63% ATS, 63% ATS, 60% ATS, and a 50% ATS. However, Indy is at one 60% ATS Bucket. Add it all up, it's 64-36 Jacksonville on that side. Now, as far as the game goes, Jacksonville is 11th in DBOA, Indy's 15th. So this line feels right. It does feel right. Even though our numbers say differently, they're agreeing with Indy, obviously. Now, the biggest mismatch here is the Indy pass defense, which is 20th in dropback success rate, versus Jacksonville, who's not in dropback success rate offense in the NFL. Yeah. Now, what does Indy do really well in offense? Well, nothing, really. 24th in dropback success rate, 23rd in rushing success rate. On defense, Jacksonville is above average in dropback success rate, and they are the fourth best defense in rushing success rate. I don't see how Indy scores the ball, honestly, in this game. Uh, on top of all this, oh, it's the numbers geek pick of the week. Nerd alert. Nerd. Nerd. You fucking nerd with your nerd hair. All right, Longhorn, we talk all the time. I've preferenced it in the podcast. 
certain matchups against familiar opponents, shit just kind of goes one way. Well, this is one of them. Since 2012, Jacksonville at home versus the Colts. They play that game once a year, so there's been 10 games. 7-3 straight up, 7-3 ATS, covering by 8.5 points per game. Now, you might say, well, Jacksonville sucked. What about when they were favorites? Good question. Uh, two games have been favorites. 2-0 straight up, 2-0 ATS, covering by 21.5 points per game. My Jaguars are going to fucking roll. Your Jaguars are going to fucking roll, huh? Hmm. All right. I'm not I'm not going to fight you too much on that because I don't really love it. There's nothing to really love about Indy. They're not a particularly enjoyable team to watch. So, yeah, I'm not going to. There's not a lot to love about Jacksonville either, to be honest. But well, but I'm just not have... going to go against that kind of like. We say all the time matchups and blah 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 blah. It's like when Houston, we when Houston goes to Jacksonville for whatever reason, they fucking like. It's one, of those, one Indi- of those weird things, man. Even when Indy goes to Jacksonville, when they're good and better than Jacksonville, Jacksonville still finds a way. They to They still win, fucking find, yeah. yeah it doesn't so, matter. Like I said, yeah, I can see they've that. only been favorites twice in ten years, and they two and zero straight up and ATS even as favorites, twenty one and a half points per game. So either way, it's just, it's just one of those matchups where. Again, it's like the Cousins thing. You, you either have find a reason to bet on Jacksonville, which I've found many, so you bet them, or if you find reasons to get, bet against them, you just don't. Well, m- milk and that sounder was a bad decision. I, I immediately <laughs> regret that decision. I am completely miserable, San Diego. All right, moving on. Those are my hammer dolphins. 13 and a half point favorites. God damn, are they ever going to lay less than t- double digits? Jesus Christ. Over those fucking shitty Panthers. Well, when you play fucking Giants and Panthers back to back, no, you're not. Giant gonna... Panthers? <laughs> sounds fucking terrible. Oh, Giant Panthers. That's, that's, that can get pretty nice on a Saturday <laughs> night. <laughs> Keep you warm when the weather gets cold. <laughs> Anyways, back to football. So, you know what I love more than a predictably bad team? Bo Sivas is a bad team with chaos. And there's a lot of chaos going on in Carolina these days. The coach is basically, if you when you read between the lines and, and you, you, do, you translate the coach speak, he's basically saying, look, I didn't want Bryce Young. I didn't want to draft him. He's not my kind of quarterback. The owner made me do it. So this is <laughs> this is going real bad. The owner made and, me do it. it. Basically, I mean, basically, he was forced to take the quarterback. That he, I mean, if you remember on draft season when all that was going on, remember the odds for Bryce Young were up, like they were going all over the place because the word was that Frank Reich had his type of guy and it was either going to be the big, you know, the, the bigger, stronger type quarterbacks that he always has. And then all of a sudden, a couple days before, or where, however long it was before the draft, the odds went crazy the other way, and Bryce Young shot up to the by far favorite uh, because word came down from the owner's box that you're taking this guy, and that's just you're just gonna have to make it work. Well, it ain't working on the field at all, and um, you know the quarterback, the quarterback coach matchup marriage here that I talk about all the time, just not working. Now Devin A Chain. I know his name is Devon A. Chan. I don't care. That sounds stupid. So I'm calling him Devin A. Chan because that is kick-ass. Good Aggie that, boy. Yeah, it's A. Chan. That's a, that's a cool name. Let's let's just own it. Um, he's not going to play, so Miami will be forced to. He's not going to play with, for like four weeks, I think. 
Yeah, he's out for a while. But so Miami's going to be forced to play with only three players who run in the four threes. So oh, that God. might How that's going to really score. They might only score sixty in this game instead of seventy. Really, my only and, and oh, also two are coming off kind of a meh game against the Giants that they covered easily. He threw. I know he threw one interception interception for the pick six. Did he throw two? He either threw two interceptions or there was another one that he just threw right to a defender that dropped it. I can't remember which which one that was. Either way, he did not play particularly well, and they still boat raced the Giants. Uh, My only concern in in this game at all, laying the 13.5 points, is if Dalton comes in at any point in this game because, you know, that, that red rifle can get in there and just start chunking the ball around and, and get a backdoor cover. But other than that, it's all Miami for me. He did throw two picks. Uh, oh, okay, yeah. He, so. he did not have a good game at all, and they still covered uh, whatever the fuck it was, 14. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. So, Carolina, <laughs> before the bye, so generally the best spot. However, they're in the worst spot of the best spot, 44-48-2 and two as an away dog. So, again, like I said – when you have such a great spot and you're in the worst spot, to me, to me, it makes it the fucking it makes it even worse. It just makes it even fucking worse. Now, you would think Longhorn, while yours have been doing this, 13 and a half points. Of course, of course, the numbers are gonna agree on Carolina. No. Nah. Because they're so fucking bad. The power rankings rank this exactly 13 and a half. So the number is literally Spot fucking on because that is how fucking bad Carolina has been. Now, they did show some garbage time fight last week, but unlike my <clears throat> earlier stance in front of the San Francisco train, I am not standing in front of this Miami train with this horrible fucking Carolina defense, which was supposed to be good, but it ain't. So just like Miami, just like last week when I said, Miami or pass, it is Miami or fucking pass. Yeah, I don't understand. I know we talked about this in the preseason pods. It, you know, it just like on paper, this is two at least two years in a row. You know, when you when you follow the draft like I do, and you follow the draft prospects, and you and you see these you know players that teams pick, that fucking defense should not be awful. You know, like so, it's just it's just so weird to see a defense full of high draft picks. And good players, you know, there's there's one or two Pro Bowlers on that defense. Like, why, why do they always suck? How do you always suck when you have such good players? And know. and 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 to be fair to my buddy, and first of all, he's very rarely wrong when he talks about the rosters and kind of the makeup and stuff. But secondly, they were actually pretty good last year on defense. Their defense was the only reason why we didn't take the fucking under on them this year because. Their defense was supposed to be able to hold them in games while the rookie got his fucking feet underneath him. And, you know, they should be around the total, is what the numbers said, because of how de- good the defense was last year. It was actually really good. It is totally fucking disappeared. And, yeah, it's not it's not understandable. It's not explainable. I don't know. I don't other know. Than just, other than they're just tired of, you know, like like all these good defenses that we see, they're tired of doing the three and outs and going right back on the field. And yeah, just, but, I mean, it's, dude, it's fucking weak. Six, what are like, they couldn't have been tired week one. They've been terrible from the fucking jump. I mean, they did, in week one, they did show some fight against Atlanta, but now we know how bad Atlanta is on offense, so how much fight was that really? I don't know. But since then, I mean, they've shown nothing. Like, literally nothing. They've been terrible. Yeah, I don't know. 
So I don't, I don't, even, I don't even think it, it, it could be even a, an effort thing at this point. I, it's, I don't know. It's unexplainable to me. But either way, Miami or pass. All right, I moving stink. on. Har Las Vegas Raiders. Oh, they wanted some money on Monday night. About goddamn time. <laughs> they are hosting those fucking New England Patriots, and they are three point home favorites. You know what? I forgot about. I forgot that we just won a game on the Raiders, so that just makes it. It just makes me feel even more warm and cozy to do what I'm about to do to all you people. And I apologize that I'm about to do this to you people, but this is the Big Dick Pick of the Week. I'm going to pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice big cock. I'm going to put my dick in. So, Bocevas, there are two things I know to be true with this game. And one is that we almost always lose or certainly i almost always lose anytime i pick both of these fucking teams these two teams are my absolute nemesis but we did just steal one with the raiders last week and if there's ever a time out and another the other thing that i know to be true is that one quarter or one coach has zero clue what he's doing on on the sideline and the other coach used to know what he was doing but seems to have lost that touch but with that said well we don't know if he knows what he's doing because he's losing by 30 fucking points of a game you don't need there's no decision to be made when you're your fucking ass kicked right but this is this is this is teacher versus pupil and we i know that belichick might not have the answers to the current problem that that he's that he's having but on the other side that drafted a fat quarterback that can't play yeah, he yeah he's got his problems. The other coach can't figure out anything. He he can't seem to get anything right. When they do win a game, it is despite of him. It is just, they have to overcome his bad decisions in game. Now New England has to overcome bad drafting and bad uh, you know offensive scheme like all the all that stuff they have to overcome. But Raiders just won a game. New England's not only not only lost two games, they have been the most embarrassing two game losses of Belichick's career. That is a smash spot for the bounce back. You're getting three points. If you don't like them to win like I do, fine, take the three points. But New England's going to win this game. All right, uh, let me check the numbers here. It might be so, nine to six, but they're going to win. So the numbers <laughs> are split on this one. Uh, our power rankings have. Uh, Vegas, but again, overall the algorithms are split. Buckets, uh, Las Vegas only falls into one, and that is uh, one I can explain actually. So if you go from the summer line, if you line up as a pick'em and you move to the favorite, sixty-one percent uh, in our research, and so far though this year, zero and two on that. So I expect that to get hot and probably not miss basically for the rest of the year. Given the opportunities left, so that's pretty so, pretty big. Who lead. would that fa- who would that point to? Las Vegas. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but again, given the givens, <clears throat> that's fifty five, basically fifty five to forty five. Not enough for me to pull a trigger there on the Raiders. Now, I'm usually pretty good on the Raiders um, for whatever reason. I don't I don't really have a reason for it. They went it one and one for me in the contest this year so far. Shame on me for not having them in last week as they were 
one of my alternates, and I just didn't put them in, but we did better for the clients, and they won for us, so good on that. Good, we, we made good on it. Mm-hmm. But for me, this is a total pass. Now, I could pull out a bunch of trends that would support New England. I looked a bunch of them up. Uh, but they were my only loss two weeks in a row in the Super Contest. So they can take those trends, and they can shove them right up their fucking ass. Yeah, but... That- I am not chasing <laughs> this fucking nuts flush draw anymore. I'm folding before I go on fucking tilt. Because if I fucking if I if I put them in one more motherfucking week and they fuck me again, I will be fucking tilted the fuck over. I'm not gonna do yeah. it. I know when my cards are done, my cards are done. Now you're fresh to the game, so you're you're free to sit there and fucking yeah, bet into it for super contest, sure. But but in general, when you're getting like you know, you don't just back off. Just yeah, you're not you wrong. You're, you're right. not wrong. You're yeah, not wrong. For super contest for sure. But, like, you know, but yeah, for me, for the super contest and for the purpose of this game, I, I don't. Here, here's the thing. I don't love Las Vegas here. But like I said, usually I'm pretty good on filling them out. I don't love them here. Um, you know, I did like them on the Monday night game. I liked them the whole week, and then as it just kept growing, I was like, yeah, we, you know, probably need to take them. So we took them as far as you know actual money. But again, shame on me for just not just trusting my instincts and taking them in the first place. But yeah, I'm. I don't love Las Vegas here, but there's zero chance that I can back New England. I don't think that you're wrong, but I'm out. I'm out. And I don't think I don't think anybody's going to be on New England. I don't think any, I think everybody's going to think just like what you're thinking. They're not going to pull that trigger on New well, England. Well, they've been zero two in the last two fucking weeks. They're definitely mm-hmm. not fucking going again. It, or if they do, they have got the fucking guts <laughs> of a goddamn burglar. I will tell you that. So it's a good time for me to slide in. It is a great time for you to slide in. No <laughs> doubt about it. That's what she said. All right, nice. moving on. Those, oh, the, the Tampa, God damn it. Why can't I get it? Tampa Bakers. You can never get I can get never this. get it. It's because I want to say Tampa Brady's. The Tampa Bakers. Yeah. Three, two. Hmm. Well, threes are down to minus 102. Three and a half, so we're at 110, 112. Let's call 3.25 home dogs to your Detroit Lions. It doesn't matter if it's three or three and a half or fucking pick them. Tampa Bay is going to win this game, so hit that sounder. I think this is like the 19th sounder of the podcast. A lot of sounders this week. Um, look, it's just going to be one of those weeks. The I, I heard someone talking about Bocevis that the public is having a really good year as far as the you know betting betting favorites and how it's all playing out. That's not gonna that's not gonna continue. So there's gonna be a death week to all these favorites. Uh, maybe not just the favorites. The the public dogs have been hitting. Like if you look at the top ten of the contest, it's actually winning right now through five weeks. So yeah. that ain't that's not that ain't continue. normal. Yeah. yeah. Um, with this one, you know, Detroit, they, they're a dome team. They, they, they proved they can go on the road and score at least once, but this is the best defense they're going to play since they played Kansas city in week one on opening night. Um, and, and Detroit's dealing with some major defense, uh, injuries on defense. Uh, see, uh, CJ Gardner Johnson, or what's his name? Is this, is that right? Gardner Johnson. Yeah. He's dealing with an injury. 
Branch is dealing with an injury. Mosley, who they the guy they signed from San Francisco, the cornerback, he's been out. Came back last week, two or three plays into his first game last week. He blows out of ACL again, so he is done. They were counting on him to kind of help out with some of those injuries they're dealing with in the secondary, and, and he's immediately gone. Um, Gibbs and St. Brown, I think they're going to play, but they're coming off injuries, so we'll see how effective they're going to be. But the bottom line is, is you know, prove it to me again that you can go on a road and and outscore a team that has a good defense and a good pass rush. So I just see this as a Tampa Bay win. The cash is coming in on Tampa Bay. The tickets are coming in on Detroit. So that all lines up well for me. And this is kind of just a side note, not necessarily a big handicapping, you know, decision maker or anything, but Jamal Williams, or not Jamal Williams, uh, Jameson Williams, the rookie second-year corner or receiver from Alabama, he is a bust. You know, this guy just came back from the the gambling incident that he had where he was suspended for four games. He had a disappointing rookie season. His first game back, they, they try to get him involved. A simple little, it was either a little hitch or a slam, I can't remember. It was right in his hands, nobody on him, and he fucking drops it. The dude is a bust. Like, I mean, there's only so many times you can, you, you try to hold on to these first-round picks with all this high upside talent. He, he doesn't have it. He doesn't have it mentally, obviously, because he makes a stupid mistake off the field, getting suspended. He doesn't have it on the field because he can't catch the fucking ball. The guy's a bust, so I don't expect anything from him going forward. Um, but, yeah, everything else points to Tampa Bay for me on this one, Bo Sivas. I hope you're lined up with me because I really, really, really want to have this game. All right, well, the numbers are split here. Um, now, Tampa Bay is... After the bye, home dog. Let's see where that lands. Uh, 18-25-1, so the absolute worst spot you could be. <laughs> yes! It's a good start for you there. All right, now, as far as the game, or as far as going to the buckets, Tampa Bay, oh, lay lineup terrible. 15%, 33%, 37%. Now, they do have a 65%. <sighs> but add that all up, 60-40 EV on Detroit. Now, inside the game, Detroit is still the number three DVOA team overall. And it's very balanced because DVOA is weighted uh, offense over defense. But they're four on offense, three on defense. EPA, they're ninth and sixth. They're just a fucking good football team any way you slice it. Now, they have played the 21st easiest schedule so far. But guess what? Their remaining schedule is 27th easiest. So they should be on cruise control to this division title. And a number one seed, Longhorn, is not out of the question. The San Francisco schedule gets considerably harder. Yeah, so they're just going to go. They're just going to go and be like the best, one of the best teams in the league. All of a sudden, now, just it doesn't matter where they go, who they play. They're just well. I didn't say that, but I'm just saying the odds are lining up in their favor. They they should win a lot of football games. Now, meanwhile, Tampa Bay has exceeded all expectations clearly, but their schedule is about to be the top ten hardest the rest of the way, starting with this game. Now, what does Tampa Bay do well? Well, on offense, they have they're an average dropback success rate. Well, Detroit on average at dropbacks is average at dropback success rate, so that's basically a wash. You said their secondary got some banged up, but you know they weren't great to begin with. Tampa Bay is thirty first in rushing success rate, and Detroit is sixth in the league in defensive rushing success rate. So Tampa Bay will not be able to run the ball at all. They never do. They, they can't run anyways. Well, that's not true. Tampa Bay's only loss this year 
they ran for only 41 yards. That was against Philly, who is four slots behind Detroit on defensive success rate. In their three wins, they have averaged around 100 yards rushing, going over that mark in two out of the three. That's not going to happen here. That puts the pressure squarely on Baker, and we all know what he does under pressure. Now, on offense, Detroit is 10th in dropback success rate and 9th on rushing success rate. Now, Tampa's 8th on defensive dropback success rate, so I do expect them to be able to limit golf and the passing game, especially early on. But if Detroit's smart, and they have proven as a coaching staff they've gotten smarter, they will come out run heavy because Tampa Bay's defensive rushing success rate is 28th in the fucking league. They can't stop the run at all. So I expect this to be an ugly, low-scoring start with Detroit grinding this fucking game out, getting a lead, and then Baker is forced to put the ball up, and more than Tampa Bay wants, and the inevitable mistakes that will come to that should lead to the margin that Detroit needs to cover this game. So it's Detroit or pass for me. All right. I'm not going to argue too much on that. Um, I don't – how are they fucking bad at stopping the run when you got Veda Via? But uh, they're only averaging three three yards a rush for the season. How are they a good rushing team? Well, they've just been able to accumulate a lot of yards um, in the games that they've won. Hmm. So right. well, in the one game they didn't, they weren't it – was, it was the best, like I said, 10th best uh, success rate, Detroit 6. So – it's going to be the best. It's going to be basically a repeat of that. So it's basically going to be all on Baker to try to go and beat Detroit. Now, like I said, I don't expect a lot of success from golf because Tampa Bay is really good against the pass, but their running game, and that's the only reason why I think that they have proven that they can score points on the road, is they can actually run the football. Remember last year, they couldn't run the ball at all. Now this year, they're running the ball. So. Yeah, that's well. I still lean Tampa Bay, but that does that does worry me a little bit. All right, moving on. Oh, those Los Angeles Rams—they're laying seven points to your fighting Cardinals. Yeah, this this line stinks to me. I don't. Uh, this feels trappy. I don't. This feels like they're trying to beg me to take Arizona. I don't want to fall for that trap. Um, so I'm going to reluctantly. And I'm gonna. This is gonna be a very short handicap because I just don't like this game at all. I'm gonna reluctantly lean to the Rams because I think they're trying to trap people in with that high number. Tickets are coming in on Arizona, but 78% of the cash is coming in on on the Rams. So I'm not this taking line the line has moved a ton. What did it open at? I will look that up, but it, I know from I know from grabbing it early. In my online contest, it has moved quite a so bit. If it's, it so I wonder if it's going to move any more because if it if it sticks at seven, then it's probably just that's just what the line should be, and I'm I don't really you know have a have a want to play it either way. But if it keeps going up, then LA's the side for sure. So I don't I don't I just don't like the game. What do you got? Four and a half. We're open. Oh Jesus! Yeah, it's moved quite a bit. And I like the fact that it has. So uh, Arizona is a numbers agreement this week. Now, this is kind of a complicated game. This is a very big stretch in the Rams' schedule. So it's the penultimate of three straight home games. They lost last week to Philly. They have Pittsburgh on deck. Now, I personally think that makes them more focused here than they maybe normally would be. Because they know they have to win two out of these three games if they want any shot at the postseason. They're like, 
basically teetering between eight and nine wins right now on their projection. So that and, and McVay's no dummy. He knows they have to have this game. And the Rams have had the second hardest schedule so far this year. Now it does get easier, but not much with the 12 hardest moving forward. So they do get a little bit of relief. The Cardinals on the flip side have zero motivation at this point. They're one and four, and that's with the 24th, 24th easiest schedule so far. So their schedule moving forward is the fourth hardest, so it is time to die. Mm-hmm. The question then becomes, can they cover one last time versus a familiar opponent, which, as an always, or as an underdog, is always, you know, the best way to learn lean in those situations. Now, I personally think the number's still a little high at seven. These two teams are only three slots apart in DVOA. EPA, they're four slots apart on offense. The big different difference here, though, is the Rams are 11th in defense EPOA. Arizona's 30th. The Rams are 10th in offensive dropback success rate, 6th in offensive uh, rushing success rate. Arizona's 29th and 30th on defense on both. So the Rams shouldn't have any issues scoring points here. So can the Arizona offense keep up? Well, the buckets are against the Rams, 38%, 33%. No bucket on Arizona, so it's 60-40 Arizona on the EV spot there. So that's plus Arizona. Now, here's a trend on this one. Week uh, 2012, week 6 or later, road division dogs that have only one win on the season are 18-8-3 and ATS, covering by three points a game. That's a line of average line of seven and a half, which is right about where this is probably going to end up. The totals on this game, 10 and 19 to the under by three and a half points per game. That's an average total of 46. This total is at 48 and a half. So I'm going to make this one the I can do no wrong teaser <laughs> of the week. Let's tease the Cardinals up to 13. Let's tease that total up to 54 and a half and take the under. Interesting. All right. All right, moving on. We're going to go. Oh, it's those New York J-E-T-S. And they are seven-point consensus home dogs, those goddamn Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, let's make this one quick because I don't have a lot on it. Um, The Jets just lost their best offensive lineman, you know, and you might not say that's the very big deal because they're not very good anyways on, on the offensive line. But for a bad offensive line, when you lose your only good one in there, that gets troublesome, especially when you're playing a team like Philly and their defensive line. Uh, you know, I'm this is a game I'm supposed to be all over the Jets. I get that. Plus seven at home. I just can't make myself do it. Philly is on my, you know, my nasty Nate, naughty Nate, don't touch list. Like, get like, <laughs> like, like. <laughs> There's like three people that get. There's like three people that got that reference, but the the three people are fucking laughing. So, but yeah, I can't touch fucking Philly anymore. I can't go against them like that. So it's a stay away game for me. Uh, the tickets and the cash are coming in on Philly. So uh, next you know, time I want a cocktail. Fruit, <laughs> fruit. Yeah. <laughs> what do you got? All right. So the Jets are before the bye. Home dog. That is. 
40, 27, and 1 ATS. So big, big, big advantage there for the JTS Jets, Jets, Jets. The Buckets. Uh, the Jets landed an 85 and a 50, but Philly lands in 63 and a 50. That's 55 to 45 Jets leaning there. I wrote down, I just wanted to kind of hear your breakdown. You kind of didn't really have one for me. Nope. The Jets are the numbers agreement. Uh, it will be Jets or pass for me here on this one. I will I will gladly take the seven. I'll stand in front of that Philly train and uh, see what happens. Yeah, Philly's kind of like my New England for you. Like, I just, uh, I just, uh, they're, they're getting me. Yeah, I, I haven't really been on them or against them, but I'll, I, I will definitely lean Jets on that one. All right. All right, moving on. Oh, let's go, Buffalo. They're back home from London. And they are. Jesus Christ. 14. How bad are the Giants? 14 home or fucking 14 point home favorites over those New York. Not really football anymore, Giants. Yeah, but, but let's see who's all coming back with the injuries for the Giants. I thought you were going to say syphilis. No. Oh. No. Um, unless Josh Allen he was dipping into the European ladies over there, maybe he's coming back with something he didn't want. I don't. <laughs> I don't know. But but there's word that Jones might play. Like for some reason, I guess this guy likes to. He just likes. He wants to die on the field. Is what is. I think this is how this is going. He he. He'll Who? Gladly, Daniel Jones. Oh okay. They're saying that don't rule him out yet. I mean I. We saw him. He's probably not going to play. This line uh, hasn't moved an inch all fucking week, and it's fourteen. Yeah, and but they're saying Andrew Thomas might play. They're saying there's an outside shot that Barkley might play. Is Whatever. Jesus playing? Um, there's a chance. Okay, uh, he, I think he might be busy overseas. He's limited. I think he's booked in Israel this this weekend. He's got some, <laughs> got some things going on over there. But uh, <laughs> cut that out. Cut that out. Don't put that. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh, god! Look, I said at the beginning we do things different on here. We're not we're not for everybody, but um, yeah, I got I got to lean to the fourteen points. You know, at at a certain point, if you get some players back, and Andrew Thomas, if he does play, that look, man, having a really good offense, uh, a left tackle, that at least you got one thing you can hang your hat on. It's a lot of points. Bills are dealing with a lot of defensive injuries. Maybe they're in a little bit of a fog. Getting their ass kicked overseas in London. I don't know. Just it's. I, I got to take the fourteen points. They're not like the Carolina situation in against Miami, where I've got no problem laying the thirteen and a half points. In this one, uh, I don't mind taking the fourteen flyer with the Giants. All right. Well, obviously with fourteen points, the numbers are going to agree with Buffalo because that's how fucking bad the Giants have been, which is of course ridiculous. Of course. Uh, the buckets, however, New York lands in one sixty percent bucket. Buffalo no bucket, so fifty five forty five Giants there. So basically, you're talking about no value either way. Uh, it's just never New York right now for me. It's just never New York. So this is another team that has quit on their coach and their quarterback at this point. I was I totally think, wrong I, about I, them. I think that's wrong. I don't think so. I think it's just a, it's a severe lack of talent in a, in a on an offensive line. But it's it's you, the same team that won nine games last year or ten, whatever the fuck they won. It's not the same offensive line. <sighs> it's, it's all completely different, especially when you take out uh, Thomas. 
Okay, Neil. Neil is the same. The the right tackle. He's the same. That that's that's it. Well, bottom line, I was just fucking dead wrong about them coming in. I thought that they would win nine games again. They're not going to. They're they suck. Big bag of balls. Buffalo's pissed and they're motivated and they kick the shit out of shitty teams. Uh, I'm not going to play this game either way. But if I had to, it would definitely be Buffalo pass because. This is what they do, man. Josh Allen, you know, didn't play great last week, and he generally does have bounce-back games, as we've noted before, even this year on the podcast. And they love, love, love to kick the shit out of shitty fucking mm-hmm. teams. That is true. That so, part is very true. Just one just real quick note on this. Like, you know, doing the draft stuff and, and doing the roster, you know, breakdowns and projections and all that stuff, I've talked about in the past of less – last two or three years or actually actually ever since Andrew Thomas was drafted you know what they've done what they've done in the draft to address this offensive line is what you're supposed to do the problem for them has been they fucking missed on all of them like Andrew Thomas is one of How the best How is that possible? I know exactly that's why it's hard to it's that's why they're in the world of shit they are in because when you spent this much draft capital on offensive linemen you don't expect that they all suck, but when they all suck and then the only one you hit on is hurt and out, you are fucked. So, you know, the Andrew Thomas, they drafted Pert in the third round uh, a few years ago. I think the same draft that they had Thomas. Uh, Neil from Alabama, he's been a bust. Pert's been a bust. They just drafted the center from Minnesota last year. He's hurt. He's not in. It's like, God damn, like they're either – Missing and and picking bus or they're you know, hurt. God damn it! Now that you said so, that was that was the, one of the biggest parts of my preseason prediction was they have been the most injured. And I got these injury numbers from this fucking advanced website or whatever. Mm-hmm. They have been the most injured team for three straight seasons, <sighs> which mathematically, like that, even the fucking even the website was like, yeah, that's not possible. So expect a big bounce back from the Giants from an injury perspective this year. Well, guess what? They didn't bounce back. <laughs> yeah, the, the the rookie center who was playing and and doing okay, he he's out. So the center that got in there now is just he's not even a he's not even a NFL player. Uh, Neil's been a bust. Thomas was hurt, and just like they're they're just no. Oh, but you know what? Like I said, Thomas is coming back, and at least you got one. Just run everything to the left. Every play goes to the left. Let's do that. I mean, the Giants are on my alternate list for, to be honest, they are on my alternate list for the pot, for the uh, contest. So I, I do lean your way, but again. Nobody this, will pick them. Nobody will pick them. <laughs> I don't know, but here's the other thing, though. I don't think that people like, and I laid a big number of Buffalo one week in the contest, and they covered easily because, again, that's just what Buffalo does. They they just beat the shit out of shitty teams. Yep. You know, they're not they're they are the antithesis of Kansas City. They're very talented. Yeah. They're one of the best teams, but when they get a chance to really fucking rake somebody over the coals, they do it. They don't fuck around. They don't fucking run ring around the rosy bullshit. Play. They just fucking plow your ass. So, oh, yeah. that's what always scares me about taking the big number versus Buffalo because if they if the Giants can't hang in there early, that this one's going to get fucking nasty. It's scary. All right, move it up. Oh, your Los Angeles Chargers. 
It's Monday Night Football. Ba -ba 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 -da -ba -da. They're hosting those Dallas Cowboys. And they are two and a half point home dogs. Yep, and it took every game to get to it, but this is the Danger Zone Game of the Week. This is a kind of a double danger zone, really, because the team that loses not this, allowed. It's not allowed. I know. Well, it's kind of. You know, I do what I want. <laughs> this is this is uh, this is my turn. So it's I can, not I can. what Kenny Loggins said. He said, "Welcome to the double danger zone." Yeah, that would be that, maybe someone should do a song like this. They should have the done that. They should have done that for the for the Top Gun. Uh, yeah, the sequel. The sequel. Yeah, it's double danger. So, How uh, did the double danger zone? This one's double dangerous because whoever loses this is in big, big, you're in big, big trouble because the Chargers have aspirations for this season, but they'll fall to two and three if they lose uh, and another, another loss at home. And then we know about what's going on with Dallas and all the chaos mm. and the blame gaming and the, the injuries. It's like if they lose this and they go to three and three. And you, you've got the schedules over there, so you can tell me how it's looking going forward. But we already know that it's not going well with McCarthy and the offense. It's not going well on the defensive side of the ball with exposing the running at Parsons and him just fucking going just just ridiculous and bonkers off the field with the, the, all his chirping that he's doing. Everything points to the Chargers uh, for me in this game. Less noise, less chaos. Now, now, this is the type of game that Dallas does come out and kind of like silence all those critics. This is kind of what they do. So I don't feel great about it. But, you know, you got the Kellen Moore factor. You got, you, if, let's put it this way. If Kellen Moore has a chance at the end of the game to punch one in and, and, and take a, you know, one or two point game and turn it into a seven or, or a eight or nine, He's doing it. I can promise you. He's throt he's putting throttle down against this team that got rid of him, even though he had the best offense in the, in the league, just to prove a point. So, yeah, I'm leaning to the Chargers. Yeah, so we talked about the Cowboys preseason. And that, you know, the course that was obviously before Aaron Rodgers got hurt. And I warned that if they lost to the Giants, which, you know, we thought was going to be a better football game, they had a, you know, basically a chance to start one and two, and then after that, the schedule was going to get pretty tricky. And they had the 49ers, or the Patriots, which I thought were going to be better. The 49ers at the Chargers, and then they got the Rams at home, and then at the Eagles. So this is definitely the meats of the Cowboys' schedule. So they know they have to have this game. To your point, there's no doubt about that. Now. The cows, though, so we got a double buy, double buy situation. So you got double danger zone. I got double buy. <laughs> All right, the cows before the buy, away favorites, 36, 27, and one. So fantastic spot there. Home dogs, once again, after the buy, Chargers, 18, 25, and one. No good. No good. <laughs> so that definitely yeah. does lean to the cows. Uh, the buckets, the Chargers fall into the same bucket as chicago so preseason or i say preseason it's the summer line the chargers were a favorite in this game that is flipped to the cowboys so again the team that was originally favored 
That is a uh, 59% winning uh, bet there. So pretty strong there for the Chargers. Uh, for me, this is a complete stay away game. All things are conflicting. And both of these teams are good, but they also have the innate ability to snatch defeat out of the jaws of victory. <laughs> yeah. That's just what they fucking do. Uh-huh. Now, I will be rooting for Dallas because we have the under on the Chargers, so them falling to two and three would be fucking most excellent for us on that. But as far as picking a side, I really fucking can't. Um, here's what I will say, though, listening to Dallas Radio all week, that San Francisco game hurt them more than any net. I'm talking about like the locker room, not statistically or whatever. In the locker room, if you listen to the you know the usual beat reporters that are all, wow, man, you know, blah, 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 like that, those kind of fucking guys. Even those guys admitted after the game that those players were really actually fucking hurt and disappointed because they honestly thought that they had cooked up a game plan to go and avenge that San Francisco loss. They thought that they had them. They thought they had them out schemed. They thought they had them out planned. They thought that they they legitimately thought that they were going to go and win that game. And for them to I mean you could lose a game, that's fine. But so they're delusional. Okay. Well, but again, that's inside there. They're, they're the guys watching the film. No, I don't know shit no. about X's and O's. They thought watching the film, hey, we've we've got these motherfuckers. Mm. So for them to go out and get their asses whipped. I mean, not it was never even I mean it was a game for a little bit, but not really. I mean, if McCaffrey doesn't fumble that fucking ball on the one yard line, this game's over even way before it even was over, and it was over early. So for them to lose like that, it's been such a fucking gut punch. That organization to those players, are they still in that fucking hangover? Can they go all the way to LA and play a good team in the Chargers and come out with a victory in a close game? Yeah, I think they can. I definitely think they can. But will they? I don't know, man. This is going to show a lot of fortitude. If, if I'll say this. If Dallas goes and wins this game, I have higher hopes for them than yeah. I did before the season because this will show a big bag of fucking nuts that I didn't think that they have. I don't think that McCarthy has or anything else. But like I said, both of these teams – are good, they can win any game, and God damn it, they can lose any fucking game. So this is a total stay away from me on that. All right. All right, boys and girls, that was all. Them wins coming to the air tonight, boy. Boys and girls, it's time you've all been waiting for. It's time for those free. I said free picks of the week. Longhorn, lay it on them, baby. All right, the official going up on the podcast, thefootballgloryhole.com, or going up on the website, excuse me, footballgloryhole.com. Free pick in the NFL is going to be New England plus three. It was the big dick pick of the week. That's the official one. The podcast only free pick. I, you know what? I got talked off a couple of <clears throat> the Sounders. You had some good information over there that 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 took me off a couple of them. But I'm still calling my shot 
on a few of them, and I packaged them up in a money line parlay. Chicago Bears on the money line. Tampa Bay on the money line. I know you don't like it. I'm calling my shot. New England on the money line. And wrap that up with the Monday night LA Chargers on the money line. That pays 24 to 1. And if you hit the first three and you don't like the Chargers, you could always hedge out for a nice little payday. And we all do the money dance. Man, I love a good fucking money line underdog parlay, baby. <laughs> that will fucking save all weekends. I promise you that. All right, college free pick of the week. Air Force, Wyoming, under the 42. Under 42, you crazy. Look, both of these teams are top 50 in Havoc created, but also both top 50 in Havoc allowed. So, in fact, Air Force is number two in the nation in Havoc allowed. So we should not get a lot of sacks, sack fumbles, pick sixes, etc. On top of that, both teams are excellent in defensive finishing drives. That is a stat that's been newer in development, but basically the numbers geeks have figured out that you don't really worry about the red zone. It's basically trips that your opponents go inside the 40-yard line and vice versa and how many points are allowed and scored. Both of these teams are around 3.5 points per opponent trip inside the 40-yard line, which is excellent. And if you combine that with the fact that both of these teams average around 65 plays a game, these are two of the slowest-paced teams in college football. Possessions will be at a premium, and so will points. They'll be hard to come by, so I'll take the under 42 in Air Force and Wyoming. And then, parlay only, pizza money parlay. No, sorry, podcast only, pizza money parlay. I've got Missouri on the money line, plus 112. Pittsburgh on the money line, plus 260. The U.S. C Trojans plus 114 on the money line. Now, we hit one in the first week of the season. It is time to hit another one. Kentucky got their dream crushed last week by Georgia. That is who's playing uh, Missouri. Notre Dame's dreams were crushed by Louisville last week. That's who's playing USC. And Louisville's riding high after that win last week versus Notre Dame. But they go to Pittsburgh, and that is where dreams go to fucking die. So 15 to 1 on this, which is more than double your payoff on a normal three gamer. I like this one more than most that I give out. So just maybe order an extra large pizza is all I'm saying on this one, boys and girls. And, and say it one more time. It is going to be Missouri Tigers plus 112, Pittsburgh Panthers plus 260, and those USC Trojans plus 114. All right. All right, Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, award-winning episode number one on you. 158. All right, uh, 158 is in the books. And listen, we have been on a heater. We're having a good time. Y'all seem to be responding with some good downloads and the numbers going up. Uh, just uh, we're going to keep rocking and rolling. We're going to keep doing our thing. You keep doing your thing out there. Go check out the free picks on the website, the Uh Click on the college picks tab. Click on the NFL picks tab. Click on the combo. Cause I don't know why you wouldn't. That's the best value you're going to get anywhere in the world. Um, you know, be sure and spread the podcast anytime you can and get some new listeners in to, uh, to check out this awesome goal that we spit out. When you do any, of those things we become partners for life and both cephas no promises but it's usually in a mostly non-sexual way 
people! Stop throwing away your hard-earned money on the guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. Come on! Ah, damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby!